Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner. Enterprise, the recruitment company improving people's lives for over 50 years. Jordan Oppett here filling in for Frankie Mackay. Many of you will know me as a TVNZ One News sports reporter. Now, before we get underway, I just want to extend my love and thoughts to all those impacted by Cyclone Gabrielle. The loss of homes, livelihoods and lives is heartbreaking. It's devastating and quite simply hard to comprehend. So please know you're in our thoughts. Sport obviously pales in times like this, but it is also part of our DNA as Kiwis and can bring so much joy. The Halbergs this week, a great, great example of that. Not least because it honoured the late, great Sumari Halberg, but also it recognised some of our greatest sporting achievements, the ones that have brought so much joy in the past 12 months. Zoe sadowski Sinnott with the Supreme Halberg and Sportswoman of the Year, Nico Porteous, Sportsman of the Year, Corey Peters, Para-Athlete of the Year, the Snow Sports crew cleaned up, and the Blackburns Team of the Year, Sporting Moment of the Year, and the Professor Wayne Smith, Coach of the Year. It'd have to be the first year a Cantab hasn't come out trumps. Surely, I was thinking that as well. Uh, But to bring it a bit more local, how is it footy season already? This time next week, the Crusaders and Matatu will play their first respective Super Rugby matches. So many storylines to come ahead of the Rugby World Cup. Perhaps more poignant for Cantabs, the fact it'll no doubt be Razor's last season. Where does he go next? A number of our All Blacks hit uh, last hit out in red this season, and bla- uh, red and black rather this season, before heading offshore and perhaps retirement for some. The women, Whitney Hanson back, coaching with a number of our Black Ferns World Cup champions on display. Absolutely fizzing, as I say, so many storylines and arcs to come. But right now, it's another code that's making headlines. League, with the Warriors back in Christchurch for the first time since 2019 to play a warm-up match against the Melbourne Storm. For more on this, we're joined by local rugby legend Frank Endicott and for full disclosure, we had to do this yesterday because he's a blooming busy man. Well firstly Frank, feels like a long time coming. How excited are you to have the Warriors back in town? Well it has been a long time coming and uh, yeah I'm really looking forward to it and uh, they're up against a pretty good uh, squad in the Melbourne Storm so it should be a a real good game. I've had a look at the two teams and and they look pretty evenly matched, to be honest. Yeah, I was just going to say that up against a quality side in the storm. Like, how do you expect the match to play out? Obviously, it is pre-season. Yeah, I think you've got to remember you can't take a lot out of trial form. Um, I've learnt that over many years. But uh, you do see young players get opportunities that take them and, um, and some that don't. Um, and it's a good way to gauge on what's been done in the pre-season from both teams. Um, and I'm, you know, after seeing the um, uh, the Warriors against the Tigers in the first round, they look very, very good. But you've got to take into account who they were playing, and uh, you know they were full of twenty-year-old um, kids. So you just got to take that into account. The Melbourne Storm look good, even though they went down to the Roosters. Um, but they've uh, they've got three or four, well, four injuries to key players. So uh, I think that'll even it up. Does this Warriors side this year excite you, Frank? And I guess, like, who are your ones to watch, I guess, from what you've seen? Yeah, well, I haven't seen a lot of them, just the one game, of course, and some of these players didn't play. And, you know, some pretty pretty reasonable signings in the off-season. So, uh, 
Uh, I picked them last year to uh, to finish 12th, and they finished 15th, which um, really disappointed disappointed all of us, really. But this year, I can actually see them rising, you know, maybe three, four, four places. Uh, but I still find it hard to think that they'll make the eight. Uh, I hope I'm wrong. I really do. I think uh, out of the signings, um, Barnett from the Newcastle Knights, he, he's a player that's quite impressed me. He plays that fine line. I mean, he's always liable to get a sin bin here and there, but he plays it tough, um, and he can play the uh, the full 80 if required. Um, who else was there? There was uh, Nicoro from, um, from uh, Parramatta. Looks a very good player. So uh, and Dylan Walker, of course, from Manly, uh, very experienced. Had a few injuries over the last couple of years, but you know, hopefully, he has an injury-free year this year and um, and comes through. Tamari Martin's another one, a very exciting young player. Normally plays at fullback, but um, playing in the halves this weekend. Mm-hmm. Frank, you speak about you know wanting to see them come up a few spots on the ladder by the end of the season. We've seen with the Breakers, man, they're in blooming hot form. But how important those home games are, you know, connecting with your fan base again, being at home in front of home crowds after so long away. And the Warriors were in the same boat there. How important are these regional matches, um, not only for, for I guess the Warriors, but the growth of the game? Oh, very much so. Um, you know, you always want to win your home games for your home fans. And uh, it's interesting to see the Warriors' first game will be in Wellington, not Auckland. And uh, they'll get a good crowd in Wellington and uh, good backing. And it's very, very important. That's a must-win game, that, because I don't see the Knights as being a top-eight side. So they're the sides that you've got to beat, um, especially at home. So I, I think that's a good game for them first up. And um, hopefully they get a win there. And we know the Tigers are going to play a home game. I'm fairly sure it's the Tigers anyway, up in Hamilton. Would you like to see a franchise adopt Christchurch as one of their, you know, home venues? Oh, look, we'd love to, but, you know, you've got to take into account the um, the size of the ground, the seating and everything else, you know, to NRL standards. Um, oh, of course, we'd love to see as many games in here as we could, but... Um, Realistically, you know the uh, the members in Auckland pay the uh, fees for their uh, for their seats, and they do deserve the majority of games. Uh, but it is nice to see a game down here, even though it's a trial match. Mm-hmm. Frank, what do you make of where Canterbury Rugby League is at right now? Uh, is at right now because I understand they'll be having a few encounters uh, with the Storm side when they're here, and there's a real, obviously, rich history with rugby league here. So, where do you find? Uh, where do you think that's sort of at in, in this day and age? Well, Canterbury League's been around for a long time and uh, always been strong in the New Zealand scene. But, um, you know, like like a lot of sports, um, you know, we're not as strong in rugby league in Canterbury as we were a few years ago. That's a, that's a straight-out fact. Um, so it's nice to get teams, the NRL teams, visit us. And um, and I'm sure the Melbourne Storm will do a few things here with Canterbury Rugby League while they're here with, you know, maybe the Craig Bellamy talking to the coaches and um, some of the players going around schools and things like that. So... You know, it, it does a lot for our city, um, and we've got a uh, a stadium being built now, of course, that's going to suit uh, NRL games. So uh, when that's completed, we'd like to see a, a good share of games here. Yeah, well, I've got to say, I've never been so excited to see trucks with concrete on them rolling into that stadium, Frank. <laughs> yeah, me too, and, um, you know, they have a roof on, um, which we need here, don't we? So, uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's it's something you've got to forget about the price. you just got to go for it. The sooner you build it, the cheaper it is. 
Um, the longer you leave it, the dearer it gets. So, you know, um, I'm with you. I, I can't wait for it. And, uh, you know, hopefully it's a, it's a good multi-sports stadium and everyone gets the use of it. Yeah, totally, because it is what Christchurch is missing at the moment. I guess back to that Canterbury Rugby League question, what do you think it would take to get back to the glory days, Frank? Do you think it's numbers? Do you think it's a, a stronger competition here? Like, what, what is kind of the secret, or do you think was the secret back then to having such a strong, you know, unit down here? Well, you know, if you go back to the 90s, Canterbury were the strongest team in, in New Zealand, um, not just the first grade team, but also the 19s and the 17s, and we we had the strongest group of referees in the country down here. Um, it was a, We were the stronghold, but that come down to numbers, uh, and we haven't got those numbers now, unfortunately, and, you know, like a lot of sports... Um, a lot of a lot of players have given up and, and found you know gone to business or gone to other sports or, or whatever reasons. But um, we certainly just haven't got the numbers now that we had in those days, and uh, and that's sad uh, because they were you know they were days um, you know to remember. Mm. Now tell me, how are you going to be watching the match this weekend? Because I understand you've got a big weekend ahead, so fill us in. Uh, well, I'm actually flying to Auckland tomorrow. Uh, we've got our, our little filly in, Millwood Nike, at um, Cambridge in the Group 1 race. So uh, she's going for nine straight wins tomorrow. Um, so uh, we'll be flying up there, um, watching the race, coming home Saturday. Uh, and uh, Sunday I'll be going to the Melbourne Storm match and Adverse Warriors. So it's a great sporting weekend for me this weekend. Have you got a good bunch of friends going with you uh, to the game, Frank? Uh, yeah, well, there's there's a lot of family and friends going to the game for sure. So, um, but I'll be in the Canterbury Rugby League box, so I'm going there <laughs> shortly to pick up pick up my ticket. So, <laughs> there's got to be some perks for giving your whole entire career to the sport. And just lastly, Frank, give me your predictions for Sunday's match. Oh, look, trial matches. It doesn't. You don't put a lot on the game itself. You know, you always like to win, no matter trial or or or, or game for two points, but. I'm I'm picking the Warriors to win it by by four. How's that? By four. Okay, I'll remember that come Sunday when it rolls around. I'll say Frank told me by four. I think you're not far off. Actually, I probably would have predicted something <laughs> similar. Frank, thank you so so much for your time. Have a fabulous weekend. All the best in Cambridge with Millwood Nike, um, and to everyone else out there. Don't forget the Storm have an open training session at two thirty Saturday afternoon at Orange Theory Stadium. So get down amongst it and get selfie and signing ready. And Frank, we'll catch up soon. Thank you very much, Jordan. Have a great day. You too. See you, Frank. Bye, love. See ya. Time for your local sports update. Thanks to Trident Homes, designed for living, built for life. The Crusaders have provided an update on Will Jordan, saying they're uncertain when he'll return to play after being diagnosed with a migraine-related condition during last year's all-black season. Apologies for just speaking like I was Simon Dello just then. Um, the good news is he's making progress with symptoms improving, and specialists have confirmed it's not concussion-related. Canterbury Commonwealth high jumper Hamish Kerr has not only broken his own national record, but also a 26-year-old Oceania indoor one in Slovakia with a jump of 2.34 metres to extend his unbeaten record this season. Christchurch's Sarah Wadsworth has broken the under-8 girls world frisbee distance throwing record Wow. By nine metres. Even more wow. Only seven. She smashed the previous record to throwing a giant 62.07 metres. The young gun is heading to the World Disc Golf Champs in the States in June as the first ranked eight-year-old. 
Just imagine commentating that sport. World disca- discus no world frisbee distance throwing record. Wow. Uh, Hagley Oval is being renamed Satherwaite Oval for at least the next two weeks to honour the legendary Amy Satherwaite as she plays her last two matches for Canterbury and the Halliburton Johnston Shield. She bows out on an absolute high, handling the past year with absolute professionalism while being abruptly axed from our national side to winning a title as coach in the women's big bash and winning the Super Smash, taking that final weekend, uh, taking that final wicket just last weekend. But above all, she's been a trailblazer in women's sport, one of our first professional athletes to take time out of the game to have a baby and come back to the game and compete at the highest level. And another local legend is retiring, Todd Astill, confirming on social media earlier this week, rather, after 18 seasons, he's calling it a a day. In his touching post on Instagram, he went on to say he finishes still enjoying the game and loving his craft. He said it's been an honour to represent New Zealand with the Black Caps, Canterbury and his club Old Boys here in Christchurch. There is no denying the man's service as a player, coach and mentor, and I'm sure many young up-and-comers will continue to benefit from that. It's just the type of man he is and if you haven't seen his Instagram post go and do the photo oh all the feels his Instagram post it was at after the final last weekend the Super Smash final he's walking towards it's at the end of the game he's walking in front of the oval his back to the photo he's in red with his uniform the rest is black and white I mean what a retirement post That's your local sports update, thanks to Trident Homes. Proud supporters of the Trident Home Tactics, check out their modern home plans at tridenthomes.nz. Well, now to Frankie's fill-in five. I know it was earlier this week, but I am not over the Super Bowl, and in particular, the iconic halftime show. So I thought I'd rate my top five performances, emphasis on the my, don't come at me, which was really hard because I'm one of those gals who prior to each Super Bowl goes through and listens to all the shows for throwbacks. But here goes, and as I say, reiterating, this is my top five performances, no particular order. It's front of mind so Riri has to be up there. Banger after banger. Now the hype around this one was real. She was teasing she'd have a special guest and that turned out to be the baby in her tummy. Because nine months after giving birth she's pregnant again. What a reveal. Uh, And the reason it's confirmed top five status for me is that Kiwi choreographer uh, Paris Gobel was behind it. Also, if you haven't seen it, recommend Googling to watch the sign language interpreter sign the whole entire scent. It was insane, phenomenal, and she's got the moves to boot. So seriously, if you haven't watched it, go and watch it. Next would have to be 2020, Shakira and J-Lo. Of course, we've since found out J-Lo wasn't as jazzed as on it as we were, strongly believing it should only be a one-act show due to the time pressure they're under to get all their bangers out in one set. But it was one of the greatest halftime performances, in my opinion. Uh, two of singing's biggest superstars, influences and divas joining forces. Say no more. The outfits, the staging... The performance as a whole, incredible. Showing they've still got it at 50, that's for sure. Uh, Next, we've got Lady Gaga in 2017. I mean, the mic drop and jump from the top of the stadium. If you know, you know. But what I love most about this woman is the fact she uses the stage and her platform to get important messages across. The big hit in this one was Born This Way in support of the LGBTQ plus communities around the world. I just love Gaga as well. When, when she came to New Zealand back in, I want to say it was probably around that time actually. Uh, next, Katy Perry in 2015. She arrived on the back of a giant lion puppet and then was dragged through the sky as she sung Firework. I mean, yeah. The crowd really got into it. She purposely left gaps in her song for the crowd to sing and it was seriously goosebump stuff. It's doing the rounds on social media again post-Super Bowl and I am here for it. 
And lastly, my top five. I feel like you can't go past last year. Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, Kendrick Lamar and 50 Cent. I mean, we'd been deprived of concerts due to COVID. Then this lot came out in the ultimate power performance. It was full noise, fully entertaining. One of those halftime shows you don't want to end. It'd also go on to win an Emmy for Outstanding Variety Special. How good. That's just five shows out of the 47 plus that have been in some big names in there. So as I said, that's my Frankie's Five. Now to what's going on in Canterbury, Saturday the 18th of Feb, and here's what else is on the cards. New Year, New You, question mark. PT in the Park is on this morning from 9 to 10. It's a free one-hour exercise session run by qualified trainers every Saturday at the Carlton Corner end of North Hagley Park by the Monkey Bars. Look for the flags. If you missed today, don't stress. You now know for next time. Uh, EcoSorts Recycling Open Day. Okay, this is actually important. Find out what happens to your recycling once it's been collected and learn about the recent $16.8 million facility upgrade. Can you believe it? From 9 to 1 at the Wigram, Wigram rather Recycling Plants. Uh, the Cheap Thrills, the pop culture market, is back in Littleton today from 10 till 2 with over 25 vendors bringing the best selection of nostalgic collectibles, vintage gaming, Toys from the 80s, 90s and now. Comics and graphic novels, records, rotten radio spinning tunes. What is that? And so much more. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. Uh, Popping at the Plaza is on from 2 to 2.30. Now, this is an epic street art tour through the CBD, starting at the Central City Library. Christchurch is actually looking so vibey at the moment. Everywhere you drive, all the blank walls have now been filled in with beautiful artwork. And trust me, your Insta feed will never look better for it. Uh, If you're into some Duff Duff, Two Minds Festival is on at Spencer Park tonight, featuring 30 artists across three stages covering varying styles of electric dance music. International artists too, including one of my childhood besties who now lives in Aussie, who names Olivia Willits, known as Willow. Yep, I just name dropped. Uh, big change of tact, but tomorrow it's also farewell to the Godwits at South Shore Spit Reserve. It's an annual ceremony, would you believe it, to wish the amazing Godwit birds a safe journey back to their breeding grounds in Alaska. I think next time we should set up a cross from that, to be fair, into the show. Uh, and tomorrow is All Four Day, hosted by the Canterbury Mustang Club at the Air Force Museum grounds in Wigram. Fords from all eras and countries are on display, including classics, performance, exotics, and specialty vehicles. You can talk to owners and fans. You can even buy one if you uh, if you wish. And it's a big day of sport. The Warriors are playing at Orange Theory Stadium tomorrow afternoon against the Melbourne Storm, as we alluded to earlier. And also the international track meets on in Napunawai. All our track and field athletes on display competing for world ranking points. I'll see you there. Plenty on. That's only touching the surface. So remember, if you're looking for something to do, head to the council's uh, website, Christchurch City Council, that is. Click what's on. Uh, Go to news and events, rather. What's on. Type in this weekend, type in whatever date you're looking for, actually, and it all pops up. No shortage of things to do in the Garden City at the moment, so get amongst them. Well, this time last week, thousands of inspiring, fit, crazy, and slightly mad multi-sporters made their way 243Ks across the South Island for the coast to coast. And as if that wasn't hard yakka enough, a group of the elite ones are recovering by backing it up with God's Zone. Now, if you don't know what that is, it's a multi-day, non-stop, expedition-style adventure race this year being hosted in Tiana. Sorry, it's every year this year being hosted in Tiana. One of those taking part is Christchurch's Molly Spark. Good morning, Molly. How are you? Good morning, Jordan. I'm very well, thank you. Gosh, you're a sucker for punishment, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, no, for some reason I like suffering, don't I? Pushing the body a bit harder than it should be pushed. 
<laughs> how are you recovering from coast to coast and how are you feeling about God's Zone, I guess? Um, well, I've, I'm pretty happy with my recovery um, from coast to coast. Uh, I think my part, I mean, you can only go as fast as uh, I was in a tandem team, so you can kind of only go as fast as each other. And so um, I'm kind of recovering better than I was expecting and I'm all ready to go for God's Zone now. I had a massage yesterday and getting all my stuff ready. You can start looking at the weather forecast, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, because I guess, and, and Reedy won't mind us saying this, is that you're obviously a gun, especially over Goat's Pass, actually in all aspects of coast to coast, but in some ways he probably would have reined you back a wee bit. Do you think that was almost beneficial heading into God's Zone, Molly? Yes, yeah, no, nah, I, was, I was actually thinking about that and I was like, no, because if I did do it myself, I know I would have pushed myself to my limit. So it was actually quite good, a last little final training for the for the main event which is God's own um in six days so yeah no that's exactly what it was so tell me like how do you even begin to pack for something like God's own where you could be out in the bush for what up to seven days or something potentially even more with bugger all sleep etc etc like how do you even prepare for that I know it's an absolute logistical nightmare it's 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 awful like I have I'm all packed now but I think we get the logistics planner today or tomorrow which tells you the distances and the um the legs and estimated time so you can kind of start working out what food you're bringing and what gear you're going to bring and stuff like that so it's, it's pretty exciting and before the the day before the race is just it's just your your head is just going round and round in circles and you kind of just need to get started and then hope for the best when you're racing, really. The thing is as well, you now know what you're getting yourself in for because you've done it before. Um, talk to me about your God's own experiences so far and I guess how you got into it. Um, yeah, no, so I did the God's own last year with Team Fair Youth, which was team of four, kind of, we had two... 18-year-olds, a 19-year-old, and then a 16-year-old. And, um, yeah, no, so it was in, it was a southern traverse last year, so it was pretty much traversed the whole South Island. And we were pretty lucky with the weather. We had amazing weather pretty much the whole time. We had a couple of days of rain, but that's pretty good. But, um, yeah, no, God's Zone is just, it's just a long, long race that you get very, very little sleep. I think we got... 15 hours of sleep in eight days or something like that and wow you just you just have to keep pushing like it's really a mental game like you have to have a good headspace otherwise you'll just be like think of the end but you can't think of the end because you just it's just such a long way away that uh it's just it messes with your mind if you think about the finish line you kind of just have to think about the next leg were five kilometres every five kilometres, but yeah, it was it was so fun and it was really really good to do it with the youth team because we got our name out there for being the youngest team and we're kind of gelling together. We know each other's little quirks and stuff to help each other out, but yeah, it was amazing. With all of that in mind, Molly, the fact that you're out there for days on end, little sleep, like, can you just tell me what you love about that? Because I guess listeners will be thinking, I don't see any fun in that. 
<laughs> no, that's why it's not very common, Jordan. It's <laughs> not many like. I suppose pushing their body to the limit, but uh, I don't know why I do enjoy it so much. It's just so rewarding at the end. You just you look back on where you've come from, and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe how you can push the body to be like that. Like, and then it puts everything in life in, into perspective. Like, you really enjoy a shower, you enjoy a bed, some nice hot food. So it's it's yeah, and it's just it just makes life just amazing. I, I, well, that's what I think, at least. Yeah, I get, that's a good way of looking at it, actually, Molly. Um, in Tiana, Fjordland National Park this year, what a beautiful spot. I guess how well do you know the area and what sort of team prep can be done in advance of knowing exactly where you're going, ways where you can make up ground, et cetera, et cetera. Like how much prep do you get with the course? Um. Yeah, so it's actually quite exciting because my the three boys in my team are basically all from Tianao or around Tianao. So it's their home ground. So they're really excited to be able to, you, you know, you always have, if you are from the place where the God Zone is, you definitely have a home ground advantage. But um, it's quite good because we, we've trained a lot and done races quite a bit in, in Fiordland. So we know the terrain, we know it's a lot steeper and gnarlier than Canterbury, where I'm from. Um, and yeah, so we've done lots of races together. So we're 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 used to each other. And um, so it's like very exciting that it's in Tiana because that's where they're from. So it's, it's quite exciting. Yeah, that is a huge advantage, I guess. And I, uh, the next question is going to be how long, like how many days are we expecting this year? Uh, so it's, uh, I think it's about 550k, so a lot shorter than last year, but I'm assuming that it's going to be a lot steeper because it's the same length of time the winner's going to be winning it. So <laughs> hopefully that's us, but I don't think it's <laughs> <laughs> um, But um, the winning time is five and a half days this time, and the course is open, I think, for... oh. Eight or ten days, I can't remember, but a long time. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's going to be a long race again. <laughs> and so do you have to – you're saying you can say that twice. I guess the next thing, Molly, like, <laughs> is, there, is there cutoffs you have to make throughout that, you know, five to eight days or five to ten days? Is there, is there cutoffs you have to be making every step of the way? Yes, yeah, so it's, it, that's true. There is cutoffs, and I think uh, there's no cutoffs for, like, the first – couple of days but after a couple days the the fields kind of you know spread out a little bit there's people that are moving faster there's people that are moving slower and if you don't make the cutoffs you'll get what's called short course where you'll either not do a whole um whole leg they're called so you might not do like a mountain bike and you might get transported to the the start of the next league so they don't like seeing people get pulled off the course they like seeing people you know do their best and actually walk across the finish line and they've done what you know the their best that they can do so yeah you there's people that will be short course yeah and I guess that's the other thing right is that it's not just uh running and you know I guess crawling sometimes if it's steep enough um but like (laughs) you're also you're on your bike and you're also paddling right yes that's right yeah so um 
I think there'll be another big league uh, where you have to take your pack crafts in your packs. And so it's called a pack craft trek where most of the time that means it will be a longer a longer section. So maybe three days of, you know, not seeing your support crew or seeing a person really. You'll be seeing hopefully other teams. But um, yeah, so yeah. I was about to ask that. Does it get quite lonely out there? Like, do you, how how often do you run into other teams or is it really just your team literally against the world? Yeah, no, it does get lonely out there, especially when you've got nothing else to say to your teammates and everyone's just head down and not talking for hours on end. But it's always really exciting seeing another team, a new fresh set of people to talk to. You meet so many nice people and you have really, you have conversations that you wouldn't just have over a coffee or, you know, because everyone's just so sleep deprived and you actually wake up a little bit when other teams around, you don't, you know, fall asleep walking and yeah, so you're often with other teams and you sometimes can be with teams for, you know, 12 hours, but then one team goes one way and the other team goes the other and see who gets to the checkpoint and the transitions fastest. <laughs> Gosh, and so who's in charge in your team of, I guess, the compass of telling you where you're going? Is it is it always a team decision, or have you got someone who sort of leads the logistics front of things in that respect? Yeah, so we've all got our our, our main roles. Um, we've got two navigators, so Finn and Dean are our navigators, and they're great. Like I can't believe how amazing they do with being how young they are. So yeah, no, they're in charge of the compass. Don't get me on the compass. I'm, I'll just, I'll stay in one ball, go the other direction. I can't navigate. So. Oh, how good! And so, so what's your role? What's your lead? Um, the team motivator. Yeah. <laughs> that was actually going to be my next question. What is the key <laughs> to keeping morale high? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I would say I'm the one who hopefully keeps the keeps the positive positive attitude and keeps everyone in check but um yeah I don't know you just it's really hard because everyone will have highs and lows even I will have lows and highs and um it's just hopefully you're not all low at the same time because otherwise that would be terrible Mm. but most of the time there'll be someone who's feeling good who can you know push the pace or maybe drop back a little bit because everyone's feeling feeling tired but yeah it's really hard you just you kind of have to learn how your team dynamics are and you can kind of tell when someone's feeling low and yeah just you know feeding them helping them out is yeah most of the time they'll get through it yeah. I was going to say, you are the best person for that, Molly. You're an absolute pocket rocket, a ball of energy, a positive ray of light, all of those cliches, you are it. Uh, <laughs> I guess just lastly, for the next few days, you've only got a few days before you'll head into the bush. How do you treat those few days? Um, eating, sleeping, <laughs> rest, pretty much, yeah. So you actually go into the God Zone a little bit heavier than what you should probably be, but yeah, you know, you're you're not going to be um, eating as much as you were when you're at home because you just can't carry that much stuff and you're just exercising pretty much 24 hours a day for eight days in a row. So, yeah, no, you just have to try sleep a lot and just mentally prepare yourself for a big adventure. <laughs> 
Gosh. Well, all the very best, Mole. I can't wait to um, follow you and your team, Fair Youth, over the next week or so. It's going to be so much fun. Uh, as I say, wish you all the very best. Thank you so much. And um, enjoy watching the dots because apparently it's harder than actually doing the race. But I don't think that's very true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure about that one either, Molly. But um, look, I'll keep that in mind when I'm watching the dots and I'll feel like I'm doing lots of work watching you from the sidelines. <laughs> Yeah, like you'll be awake in the middle of the night watching the watching the dots. <laughs> yeah, I will be. You can count on it. All the very best, Mole. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Jordan. Thank you so much. Uh, well, as we mentioned earlier, Todd Astle, the former Black Cap and Canterbury cricket legend, retired this week after 18 long seasons. We couldn't not get him on the show. Todd, thanks for joining us. How are you feeling, I guess, now that all is said and done? G'day, Jordan. Yeah, no, it's a pleasure to, to chat to you. And it's been an incredible few days, really, reflecting back on it. And I guess we had the final last week, and so everything was focused on that. And I didn't really want to detract from it, so I didn't really mention it to too many people. And, and now that I've been able to actually, you know, share it with teammates and, and everyone that's been a part of those 18 years, it's, it's really, yeah, quite touching all the tributes and messages, and it's sinking in. And, and yeah, it's, it's, it's a really sort of nice wee period of time now to to be able to do that. Yeah. I loved your line in your post that you finished, um, that, sorry, that you finished still loving the game and enjoying your craft. But I guess with that in mind, how did you know now is the time to retire? Well, it's one of those ones that I didn't want it to, to yeah, go on and, and not enjoy it, like I said there. It's, it's something that, for me, I, I finished playing test cricket a few years ago to make sure that I could still give everything I could to one day in T20 cricket and then, Last year, finished the one bars, and it's just more for me being able to contribute and really connect with the guys that I'm playing with. And that was the, the cool thing to have a home final last week, to have all my friends and family and loved ones down there was was really really cool, really special. And so for me, it just had that feeling of yep, this is going to be that last big push. Uh, and so then getting through that game, it was almost like oh my goodness, that's that's it, that's sort of the last game. And and how cool it could be though at Hagley with everyone watching on. Yeah, I guess what was it like then? Um, I'm guessing your family would have known and that's why everyone was there. But I guess at the end of that game, what was the feeling like? Like, has it quite sunk in, do you think, that you're not going to be back out there? Yeah, I guess it's been such a a big, long journey. There's been so many twists and turns. And for them to be there, I mean, I hadn't mentioned it to too many. A few of them obviously may have had an inkling. So it was almost a a rush of emotions and, and... Having you know young kids there as well, just to be able to watch Dad do what he loves and follow his dream, that was the really cool thing. But also to have my parents there who have supported me the whole way, and yeah, brothers, uh, my brother and sister and wife and her parents, and there's just so many people there that that you kind of yeah, I guess all those emotions come out, and then to be able to share the news with the the guys in the changing rooms, and of course we wanted to win that game. It would have been the fairy tale finish, but having said that, just just I guess, yeah, going out on my terms, like we've just mentioned, was, was really um, really a cool sort of thing for me to be able to do. Mm. Now, we'll get to Canterbury shortly, but I guess you were also a black cap. So what did it mean to be able to represent New Zealand? I mean, you've probably had some time to reflect on that one, but what did it mean to, you know, fulfil that dream of being a black cap? Well, that's that boyhood dream and playing in the backyard with my brother and all the hours and hours of training and throwdowns from my dad uh, and, and all the mates that have been messaging me over 
the last few days, they can sort of remember that young, enthusiastic kid that just was so, you know, desperate to, to do well and to play for my country was the ultimate. And so I made my debut in, in 2012. And for me, I guess it's been a, an incredible ride, really. When I started out as, as a youngster, I was always a top-order batsman. And then to make it for New Zealand and play all three formats as a, a spin-bowling all-rounder was, was, yeah, a really... Really touching sort of, I guess, uh, yeah, realisation of a dream that came true. And mm-hmm. yeah, when you when you get to have that silver fern on the head, that, that just means everything. So, you know, it was really, really cool to be able to say I've done that. Yeah. And your name is almost synonymous with Canterbury Cricket. In fact, it is. So what what are your fondest memories, if you, if you could pinpoint them? Well, Any time you make a debut and getting that special cap, getting that presented... And for me, I guess it's all the people that have been there along the way and the, the experiences, the, you know, the highs, the lows, after a game in the changing room, that sort of sense of uh, giving it your all and, and whether you've obviously had a good win or, or not, you sort of share all those moments. So for me, there's just been so many and I've felt really humbled by all of the incredible messages of support and, and tributes and messages. So yeah, thanks to everybody who... I guess has been such a, a big part of the, the journey along the way. Does it feel like a bit of a relief now, Todd, that it's you you know you've you've got it out there, you're retired, and you can focus on what comes next? Um, it's an interesting one, perhaps a little bit. I mean, for me, I've always wanted to give everything I could, and so if I couldn't do that, then it was definitely going to be be time, and so. Perhaps from that perspective, it's knowing that I've left it all out there. I've given everything, and so that means that I can now move on to those next phases in life, uh, enjoying that fully, having having done so. Mm. Yeah, because there is no denying your service at all. I mean, you've dabbled in coaching at different levels. You're a mentor to so many. I guess, will you still be involved in cricket? And I guess, I guess what now in terms of cricket? Yeah, I don't think I'll be lost to the game. I, I still have that deep passion for spin bowling and, and that consultancy is something that I'd like to explore further. Uh, mental skills is obviously where I've been developing in my own business for the last few years and that's something that I think will still be uh, allowing me to, to yeah, have, uh, have a hand in, in, in well, working with athletes, but cricket obviously, but all sports and that's, that's where the real passion lies now. Mm. And how important, you know just how important that, that top two inches is in cricket because... Your, your losses are more than your wins at times, especially if you're a batsman. It's a weird sport because you're part of a team, but it's also so individual results driven. Like that mental skill side of it is so important, hey? Oh, absolutely. And I think that's the thing. It's highlighted certainly the latter parts of my career. How fortunate I have been to have those mentors and coaches and, mm. and yeah, people around me. And that's helped me immensely throughout my career throughout all those setbacks and like you say you you have a lot more fails than losses but also all of the other things away from cricket and and cricket's an incredible platform and and vehicle for for learning so many amazing attributes and and so now that's where I can I guess impart a lot of those uh, experiences and that wisdom and wanted to sort of be that facilitator that can help guide on the side for athletes and and, you know any individual because I think that's when you go from a, a me mentality, maybe when you're younger in a sports sort of sense where it's all about yourself and, and you're obviously aspirational, to then a, a we mentality where you're trying to help and support and guide others. And that's, that's certainly something that I, I've really valued 
playing that role perhaps a lot more for Canterbury in, in the latter years. I, I picked up the nickname the Todd Father, which in, in yeah. terms of uh, nicknames, it, it's not a bad one. But yeah, it just sort of, I guess, signifies that I'm that sort of leader or, or wanting to just help and guide those guys, not even just with cricket, but off the field as well. Father, I can't tell you how much I wish I knew that sooner. From all your wickets this year, I could have scripted something quite beautiful in there, actually, over the last <laughs> wee while. I guess, Todd, just lastly, what 18 seasons is a blimmin' long time. What has been, what is the secret, do you think, to longevity and being able to have such a, a long and prosperous career, I guess, in sport? A word that keeps coming to mind is perseverance. It's that perseverance to want to keep going, to come out the other side of adversity to keep trying to get better and striving to, to get the most out of yourself and others. And every time that I guess I, I've been faced with setbacks and challenges, and there's been many, it's coming back to, to why you love the game. It's coming back to yeah, continually seeing if you can improve and get better. And that's why I am just so fortunate to be a part of this special game. And, and all those that have had that uh, impact on me, I can't thank them enough. And and I just can't help but feel really proud and joyous of, of you know, I guess the whole whole process, even, you know, all of the, the tough times as well as the good. It's Yeah, it's really special looking back at it now. Mm. Todd, you're an absolute legend. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. All the very best for what comes next. Wish you a very happy retirement and hope you've got a holiday planned sometime soon. Um, and you actually <laughs> relax and enjoy your summer from the sidelines. Yeah, exactly. It'll be a bit strange, actually, after 18 years to, to have some time to plan weekends in the summers. <laughs> yeah, you'll probably go on autopilot and just drive up to Hagley and then be like, oh, I can actually go and rest now. <laughs> You're oh, a legend. Thanks so much, you, Todd. Thanks. No, thank you. And that's it for the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner this week. It's been a time, bit of everything in this one, a show full of legends, Frank Endicott, Molly Spark and Todd Astle. Producer Joe's up there too. Thanks for being patient with the radio rookie. Um, But again, and on a much more serious note, I just want to send a whole lot of love to those up north impacted by Cyclone Gabrielle. Thinking of you all with the lengthy clean-up and recovery ahead, stay safe, check on your neighbours, your friends and family. We all just need to take care of each other right now. While it's hard to comprehend from down here we certainly sympathize uh, from this part of the world we've we've had our fair share of disasters and know how frightening it is to be without comms but that's where the power of people is so important and as kiwis we're bloody good at pitching in in tough times and those in the central north north island rather need us now more than ever i've been your host jordan oppett filling in for frankie the mail runs up next to see you next time well that's if they'll have me back uh, have a fabulous weekend